welcome to the Bull City Summit podcast, a place where science, technology, art, and music converge. Today, BCS CEO Parag Bandari hosts from the EarFluence podcast studio at American Underground in Durham. Here's Parag. Hey, everyone. This is Parag with the Bull City Summit podcast. October 17, American Underground, EarFluence studio, podcast number two after Bull City Summit pilot event in September. Our guests today are from Liberty Arts Studio and Foundry, uh, one of the amazing arts collectives that we were able to work with um, in the studio today is Emily Wismer, letterpress printer, president of the board, as well as Stephanie Miner, studio manager with Liberty Arts Guys, thank you so much for joining us today here in the studio. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for having us. Thanks for being a part of of the event. I mean, I I can't wait to talk about what we did, but it's great because it kind of emerged from a relationship with one of our grant winners. Uh, Michelle um, was one of our grant winners with Durham Arts Council and then introduced us to Liberty Arts and I'm, I'm so excited about this interview because I, I know we did that one event, which was sort of a taste of hopefully things that we'll be doing in the future together. But learning more about this studio and your history, you know, again, I can't wait to see what we can do in the future. So what would be great is maybe we can start uh, with just a quick you know, background on, on maybe yourselves uh, in, in, the, in the industry prior to uh, founding and getting involved with Liberty Arts here in Durham. So I am a letterpress printer. I actually run a small studio called Lady Pilot Letterpress. Mm -hmm. And I moved to Durham about seven or eight years ago. Um, Time is odd. Yeah. And um, (laughs) initially, actually, I had a studio that was in a a glorified storage unit in Cary. Okay. And I ran into someone at a party in Durham who said, you know, you should come and check out Liberty Arts. And so I I came into Liberty Arts and uh, just as an artist, I was blown away based on the number of mediums that people were practicing and also the kind of the physicality of those mediums. So I moved my thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of metal um, (laughs) into a studio in Durham, fell in love with the community there and um, eventually became board president there uh, because I wanted to be really involved, honestly, in in kind of our outreach efforts was really my focus when I started on the board. And when I, um, it was my passion with Liberty was kind of bringing bringing all of those mediums that are so impressive to other people who might not otherwise have access. Like I met somebody just the other night who was talking about how she was not an artist. And I said, well, the, kind of the great thing is a lot of these really physical mediums, it's not really about whether or not you're an artist to be able to try it, you know, be able to try welding or be able to try glass blowing. You don't have to start off as thinking of yourself as an artist because it's really so much with your hands mm-hmm. that I think it's an entry point for a lot of people to both experience that and maybe kind of open that up. And I don't know if that talks about the history at all because Liberty has been <laughs> around. I think it does because at least it, it gives a, a great uh, sort of window into your path to, yeah. to, to the studio. So are you originally from North Carolina? No, I'm originally from the Midwest. Got I was it. actually in Chicago for a long time before cool. I moved to the South. Got it. And um, Durham was actually my last stop on my Southern tour. And I decided if it didn't work out, I was headed back wow. North. I'm still here and still really love it. But I, I basically entered into a, a studio that's 20 years old 
at this point, and we just celebrated 21. that 21. Mm -hmm. We just celebrated that anniversary last year. Nice. And um, the bull that's in downtown Durham was actually built by our founding members. Yeah. And that was kind of how Liberty and the Foundry came into existence. So all those pictures with the bull that people take constantly um, are connected to our history. Yeah, no, I mean, there's so much at Liberty Arts that um, I, I, I can't wait to talk about. I learned of that, again, very recently, too. Um, the event that we did, um, which was essentially sponsoring your existing, you know, fr Friday event was sort of like the first entry point for me. And then I, you know, I was like, okay, we got to get inside the studio and have, have an interview because there's so much to work with. Uh, Stephanie, how did you get involved with the studio? And is, you know, your, your previous background in, in, in the career? Sure. Um, uh, so I was involved. working at a sculpture foundry in New York Oh, cool! and uh, it was called Polish Talix and nice. um, once upon a time called Cat Talix. And it has a very rich history with working with artists like Jeff Koons okay. and uh, a lot of other sort of um, A-listers. And uh, since I left that area, it's now called UAP, the company transferred uh, ownership. But anyway, yeah. um, I was project manager at that foundry for um, almost seven years, I think. That's Are you originally from New York? I'm originally from Connecticut. Okay. And I moved to, I went to school for sculpture and illustration, and I moved to Hudson Valley uh, right after graduation. Nice. The story of how I found that foundry is a whole nother story, but yeah. I had worked there for a long time. And uh, when the pandemic hit, actually I had um, resigned from that job because I had two little kids and okay. my daughter was six months old and I was like, oh, this job is just sucking my soul. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to step back. Your um, tends to do that. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, um, the pandemic hit and my husband and I kind of looked at each other and we said, the value of our house just tripled. Like let's, this is the time. Wow. Um, yeah, and sure. we had put a bunch of different cool cities on a piece of paper on our wall and said, let's start checking these places out. And uh, I rented a car, drove to Durham by myself. And it only took me 24 hours to realize that like, this is the place that we're going to go. We sold our house, moved here, didn't have jobs, um, rented a house in Cary. I knew of Liberty Arts because when I worked at the foundry in New York, there was a, I had a, a coworker who was friends with Mike and Leah who built the bull. Right. They went to school together. They were, um, had been close for a long time. And when I moved here, my colleague from New York was like, oh, you got you to gotta get in touch with Mike and Leah. You got to meet them. They're your people. Find them. And uh, Mike and Leah, I was introduced to them through a text, had a couple conversations with them. Turns out Liberty Arts was hiring. Wow. Yeah. And I applied for the job. And here I am. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and Mike and Leah were these wonderful people in my life. They also have young children the same age as mine. Yeah. And oh, uh, it's just sort of like a family welcoming. And so. So you moved down here. You got, you've got, you know, obviously an extension of your career as an artist and a curator. Makes sense for you as a family. I mean, yeah, Durham, yeah, basically. Durham, right? It's all things Durham. That's amazing. So, I mean, Liberty Arts, obviously, it's, it's a 501c3 dedicated to all sorts of creative experiential art. I mean, and different from some of the art that maybe we've started getting involved with BCS, and which has mostly been like digital or projection stuff. You know, and I was telling you right before we started recording, like, you know, some of the previous festivals, pre-pandemic, pre, uh, where we really, you know, shine a light on the, the physical art, the, the actual, you know, get your hands dirty, whether it's glass blowing or, you know, uh, me metal works. And again, I'm, I'm going to shut up you guys <laughs> uh, accurately convey. But man, I, you know, again, we went in there to do the, the third Friday's event with Michelle and it was like a playground. I'm like, yeah. oh my Lord. 
And when I went in, the first thing that was going on was this awesome glass blowing. And there's like, you know, a bar in advance or whatever. And then there's just so many different little pods. So I'm just going to like, uh, yeah, stop talking and just have you guys <laughs> paint the picture. Because obviously you guys came to this. So we, we, we talked about how you guys got involved with it. Now, maybe just talk about the studio itself, all the great different extensions, and we can kind of totally go from there. I'm yeah. just going to just repeat sort of what Emily said, and you sort of hit, hit it on the hit it on the nose. <laughs> um, that space is it's really special because yeah. there are so many different artistic mediums under one roof. And anyone who has a background in arts, specifically like an industrials art, like like welding or metal, yeah. you walk into that place and you know it's special because you don't find that everywhere. Um, especially having textile artists, which was new to us uh, last year, Kelly, she's a, a weaver. And that just sort of adds another layer of like, this place is incredibly special. Um, but uh, people who work with their hands and there's some really wonderful things that are happening. You walk in there with your background and your your education or whatever, your training and you know, you know your craft. And then you're exposed to all these other people and their crafts. And one of the wonderful things about Liberty is that people are sharing and, and it's it's a community of artists where people are asking questions and teaching each other little things. And and you I've watched artists really grow um, from from being around people and their uh, a bit, their, their yeah. willingness and ability to, you know, share what they know and their knowledge. And that's another way that liberty is so special. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a very more and more lately, a really collaborative space. I mean, I actually just took my. Is my first burn from, uh, nice. which you cannot see on a podcast, <laughs> my first yeah. burn from glass blowing, which is uh, a weird, weirdly prideful thing to do. Um, but I took my first glass blowing class in the last couple of weeks, and I'm actually blowing again on Thursday because even though I've seen it for years and I've watched it for years, actually trying it is a whole different level of excitement. And we have um, an installation artist who's taking a welding class, and we have People who are, we have a sculptor, Trip Jarvis, who is our main caster, who actually really runs our iron pour in Which November. Which we'll talk about in yeah. detail. Um, yeah, please. Yeah, <laughs> like he's actually doing a, he does a sculpture, it's just called a tiny sculpture class, like every Tuesday night, where people from the studio are just welcome to come in and try to figure out how to cast and how to make forms. And I think that, I mean, honestly, I don't know where I would have found a place like this. Like there are lots of studios around Durham and they are all doing great things, but it's totally different to also have a space where people can get dirty. Yeah. You know, you don't have sort of these little little studios. Everybody is in a pretty open space. I have kind of a separate space, which is great because of dust, mm. but um, it's in an old beer cooler, actually, so it looks like hoth. Uh, it's got sprayed foam everywhere. But it's a really open space for people to actually co-work and, and see what other people are doing and be inspired by it, which I think is very unusual. Yeah, in a studio. totally. So, it's I mean, it's a full-on, you know, artist development incubator. What you guys are doing with Liberty Arts is, and, and have been doing for decades, um, really fits into the artist development angle of Bull City Summit, which I think, you know, outside of the program that we've done with Durham Arts Council has really been kind of kicked off on the music side of things, right? So that was that was a, the sort of the eye-opening experience for me when I went and saw the studio. I was like, wow, there's a whole artist development vibe here mm -hmm. of a completely different type of art, of course, but the way you have it set up, you know, it's all these different, you know, areas, which I'd like to get into, I guess, I don't know if, 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 if tenants is the right word or members is the right word, both. but you've got, both. right. You've got people, you've got artists that, um, I'd love to kind of, you know, pick apart some of your, um, your economics here, but like, I, do they, do they rent space yeah. and yes. then they can have 
different extensions. I mean, we're here in American Underground in Earfluence's studio, which is very, you know, it's a great model for this sort of DIY startup experience geared towards obviously companies. I'm assuming it's kind of the same model of Liberty Arts, which is awesome, right? Which is just awesome. And it just speaks to Durham, you know, and, and what is so great about the spirit here. Right. So walk me through some of that. Like what well, exactly. I think it's a really funny parallel that you just drew because it's, it's like a co-working space for people who are on their computers and more a co-working space for people who are welding totally. metal together yeah. and many other things. So that's cool. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. The the way that this all works. First of all, there's I believe there's 14 or 15 artists right now. 15? 15? I think there's 15. Right which may be the most that Liberty has ever had. Yes. At cool. One time. Right. So it's. the artists apply. And they submit a portfolio of their work and artist statement and the whole the whole thing. And uh, there's a committee of artists. Actually, that's another thing. They can apply on the website. Uh, yeah, they libertyartsnc.org. Right. That's right. Um, or through our, um, our regular general info at email address. Cool. Right now we're full though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, but another thing that <laughs> makes Liberty so interesting is that being nonprofit, we ask for a lot of volunteer help from artists and from board members and from people in the community. So we're really a volunteer organization. And uh, the artists have this like governance um, committee that they they work together and make decisions that benefit their space and benefit their dynamic. And they, they look over this application and there's interviews and it, it's not like we just say, yeah, come on, join right. it. Right. So yeah, there's, no, no, there's it's a lot curated. of thought, right? Have, have it, sure, sure. Um, it not, not, not based on their, their, um, skill levels or no, no, right? it's, of course many, not much about where they are in their career, uh, personality and the way that they might, maybe not personality. There, is the right word. I mean, there's a lot of community basis. So like right. basically because we do, you know, we do outreach, we do so many events and, and because we work in that really open space, right. We're actually pretty dedicated to not having a space that's just a rental space, right? right? Like we actually have, uh, like Michelle actually was just voted in as a member artist. We we have artists who come in and their first six months, they actually are doing work that's and so getting to know the community. And then they, they do a show. So they put on something in the gallery. And actually Michelle's show is fantastic and, and changed the gallery a lot. I recommend anybody come and see it while it's still up. And um, then we we talk about like whether or not that seems like it's it's really a, a positive community. So we we have this whole process where we want to make sure that everybody who's there is able to work with each other and and wants and that's what they want out of what they're doing. So for some artists, it might not actually be what they want. Like if what you want to do is just come into your studio and not talk to anybody, it's probably not <laughs> a great studio to be in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have an on-air sign outside my studio that when I turn it on is meant to make sure people know I have to work really hard. That's great. <laughs> I That's can't great. talk for a while. Um, but <laughs> it's really, for me, it's been a huge benefit, though, to actually connect in all those ways. So it's yeah. definitely... Yeah, no, I mean, great. I think that's where I was trying to go with the whole co-working thing because mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not... I think the one thing that would make it obviously different is because it is heavily curated. It's not like you're just renting space out and throwing up some, you know, some art and and, and, and being a part of it, which is great. And and it, I think it would only make sense for artists that are serious about their career and serious about moving to the next step, which can only be done through collaboration, which can be done through this, again, this incubator, you know, incubator sort of experience that Liberty Arts is providing. Um, so that makes sense. Um, and, and people can, you know, learn more at the website and obviously you're sold out or, you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a waiting list or some sort of curation process anyway. <laughs> um, maybe talk about 
I guess, some success stories or some Michelle's one of them, obviously. Um, Michelle's a great example of yeah, success story. Yeah, totally. No, and she's been super supportive of us too, you know, which has been awesome. I, I can't wait to do more stuff with her. But like, there's obviously other types of artists. There's other types of uh, stories, right? And, you know, you mentioned Major the Bull, which is, you know, a great success story, obviously. Yeah. Um, how can you kind of apply that to some of the listeners that are looking to learn more about the studio and or just sort of their, you know, developing the career in general? Success stories, I mean, I think Dolores. Jackie. Jackie. Elijah. Elijah. I, the number of artists that have really grown in their careers and also just as artists within the studio is Pretty intense to me. I mean, it's trip. like it's really, I mean, really trip. Yeah. Uh, you. You. <laughs> me. <yeah. laughs> well, I mean, am I a success let's, story? Let's, oh my I, goodness! Of course you well, are. Let's start. Okay. Let's let's start there. I mean, how how has Liberty Arts? You talked about how you got involved, yeah. but your experience, your trajectory since then, I was in a couple of years. Yeah. How has um, it affected your your own art our career and and and. Uh, <laughs> no, and I, I, I think it's a very unique, um, it's a unique situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's well. Why, that's why I think it'd be, it'd be worthy of a. Okay. In a, in a couple of ways that are actually yeah. really important to me. I mean, one is that I have a teaching space, which mm -hmm. um, I, I love teaching. I taught letterpress in Wilmington when I lived there. Um, I was actually a school teacher in the public schools in Chicago. I really enjoy kind of bringing new people into the craft. And uh the storage unit in Cary was not a really welcoming teaching space. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I could invite people to, you know, just drive past all the storage units. No, 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 you're in the right place. Just keep going. <laughs> it's the big storage unit on the end. So that didn't seem great. Um, the other thing for me that's been really important in terms of my growth that's connected to Liberty is that um, when I came in, we hadn't, we hadn't really partnered with a lot of people. And sure. when I joined, actually when I joined the board, they, they asked me, they said, well, what, you know, what is your role on the board? What do you want to do? And I said, the only thing I really want to do is outreach. And I want to make sure that, um, you know, like I teach classes and it's great. And, but there are people who can't afford my classes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we have at this point mentored with, um, PYO, which mm -hmm. was Partners for Youth Opportunity, which then was, uh, combined with DCI, okay. Durham Children's Initiative. So we partnered with them. This year we're doing a scratch block workshop with Durham Nativity School, we also have been partnering with Seeds. We've been partnering with um, Stand Up Speak Out. Stand Up Speak Out and doing mentoring with them. Yeah. Trip just did an Iron Heroes program where he worked with young people and veterans to kind of like work on these sculptures that they'll be pouring at the Iron Pour. And so for me, that's like a success story. Like that's, that's great. I mean, outreach yeah. at Liberty Arts exists because of. I was yeah. just going <laughs> to say it's that. It's like really that, exciting that to there's, me. There's limited availability to become a member or. There's a waiting list or something. I keep on going, going back to that. I have no <laughs> yeah. idea if there's actual lists or not. It just sounds great. I think waiting uh, list is like a pile of yeah, papers. It just in sounds a pile. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, especially on the podcast. But uh, you know, I think that it's like it's interesting. <laughs> that it's interesting that um, you don't stop there. Is what I'm trying to get at. And oh and no, like yeah, there's so much more to you're liberty. Going out there and outreaching and you know connecting this again, this incubator experience to other Durham communities, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. I think it's really rare to have access to the arts. You know, I think that's actually a... It's a great way to put that's it. That's yeah. a very lucky, sometimes privileged position to be in that you've actually been able to get near the arts or that your school has a program in the arts that's supportive. And so for me, it's really huge to be able to, um, and especially to watch students that come in, Yeah, actually 
try an art form for the first time, especially people who might not think of themselves as artists. So they might say like, oh, I can't paint or draw. It's like, well, can you weld? Mm -hmm. You know, like, mm -hmm. because welding is hilarious and you will laugh all day. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm melting metal. This is crazy. Like, no one should let me do this. So when you let a 16-year-old do That's that great. or yeah. like you let somebody who has not had that access, it's pretty gripping yeah. for me. Or, or I'll just, my own experience, like, you know, the only art forms that you're exposed to as a young person might be painting or drawing. And, sure. and that being a good painter or a good, you know, artist in that sort of two-dimensional sense is like, there's a lot of challenges there. And if you can't draw something, you just sort of scratch it out and say, I'm not an artist. Yeah. But being exposed to something like, like Emily's talking about, hands-on, that it's really a craft that's taught and then perfected. But having experience or the opportunity to, to try it is enormous totally. and it changes lives. No, it's great because like, I love this layer upon layer of, again, I, you know, I'm, I, I kind of use the website as sort of a framework for this interview because there's so many things that you guys do, but like, you know, there's a curation process to be part of the community. And then once you're part of the community, there's all these opportunities that just continue giving back to the community, right? It's That's like, right. I'm an artist, part of this artist development incubator. Um, and now, uh, because Liberty Arts, you know, is such a community-driven sort of ecosystem, there's actually opportunities for me to promote, to further promote my own art while giving back. So that's awesome. Yes. And I think it's a nice little segue to what I'd want to talk about as far as like the public events and or initiatives. Like that third Friday event that we sponsored is an example of the you know opportunity for the public to experience all this cool stuff. Can you talk about that event and other things? And maybe a nice little segue too, and I'm gonna keep this to like 21 questions in one question. <laughs> but like, how's the pandemic coming out of it? You know, in terms of events, are there gonna be more things that the studio is gonna be a part of because things are getting better from, the, from that side of things? We'll start with events. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but also, we should find time to talk about um, our classes and how our artists. All, all, all of the above. The yeah. classes, I think, would be great too, because that's something that anyone could theoretically. And that, that's another be way that of, art, yeah. artists we're sort of supporting them because, that, like Emily says, you have a, you have a space to teach, and Liberty helps promote the class, and then it's a way to make money, right? Well, I mean, I think we can actually say that post-pandemic, we've seen like really reinvigorated excitement about like getting out both to events and to classes. Right, that people really want to be engaged again. Sure. I mean, okay. So for one example, I think that we can talk about our class. Our class enrollment has gone way, way up, and I do think that actually people being physical again and being in a space again is, is just, huge. Just to interrupt real quick. So obviously, yes. we're talking about how there's, you know, it's it's you know, it's sold out, and there's this non-existing physical digital Web three waiting list that's probably out there in circulation. <laughs> Uh, you obviously had a drop in subscription, right? Or, or, or oh, interest because um, of the pandemic, yeah. So when, the, when I came on the beginning of the pandemic, right? So, yeah. all, so all the artists are, are, that are part of Liberty Arts have the opportunity to teach if they want to. And it's a choice, right? So like, like Emily, she can say, oh, I'm free next, you know, the third Saturday of next month and I want to host a class and I want people to come to, and I'll teach them. The idea of putting yourself out there to be exposed to anything was like, everyone's like, nope, I'm done. We're totally. done. Nope, stay away. We're done. We're, we're, we're cool. We're cool. So uh, it was not just like the the, the the demand dropped. The Everybody in the studio was like, we just want to just be safe. So wow. we decided to just sort of like 
cut the classes. Yeah. And that went on for a long time. There were some sure. virtual opportunities for for some mediums, but for most people, it was like, nope, we're not, we can't. It's just not. So and that lasts about a year, you say, year and a half? Mm, I'd say a year and a half yeah. of, uh, I mean, it's really, there were some virtual opportunities, but it's really hard to teach a physical art online. That's why I was Although asking I, because it's like, yeah, you yeah. know, it's not like, you know, you know, I, you know, I remember trying to do like guitar lessons online. Yeah. 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 It's just very, a very different um, feeling than getting your hands on things. Although I took a lot of, actually, I took several uh, online letterpress classes, but that's because I'm already experienced. So right. I would kind of uh, get into that. But I think that uh, post pandemic, um, like right now for our iron pour and um, Stephanie has tried a new thing this year where she's having people register on the Facebook event site so that we can actually kind of get a get a gauge of event, how many people Eventbrite, Eventbrite. show up. Eventbrite, yes. Eventbrite mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> um, and we already have over 500 over people. Over 500 people, which who amazing. want to come to this event. And we do have hundreds of people who turn out for this event every year. But yep. last year we were able to do it. And I want to say that just by eyeballing it, it was more crowded than it had ever been because people were so eager. To get and out, it's right? an outdoor event. So right. it's... And it's like a refresh, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, I remember obviously we we're talking about like the events and all that stuff, you know. And there's molten when, metal in yeah. the yeah. downtown so, part. It doesn't seem appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have a year and a half, a year and a half off, um, not just depend up demand, but like creatively this like opportunity to kind of reset and re, re, re you know, rebirth. So the iron pour, let's get down to it because I'm really excited yeah. about this. It's coming up in a few weeks, November 5th. November 5th. Yep. Four o'clock. That's when everything, all the action starts, Fantastic. but there's a lot of work that goes up to it and it goes on through the evening till about nine o'clock or so, right? This is going to be the sixth annual iron pour. I did it last year. There was a break obviously during the pandemic. And prior to that, I wasn't here, but I assumed it existed, right? <laughs> did. Um, actually, I joined Liberty Arts, I believe, in a September or October, and the first thing I saw as a Liberty Artist was an iron pour. Cool. And I about lost my mind. Yes. Um, and I immediately said, like, how can I get involved with this? I now have my own leathers. I actually travel with the crew that does the pours to different towns around the country during the year to do iron pours in other places because that's another thing that I think you, you would see pretty quickly about Liberty is not just that there's a community there. But that community is connected, connected to all these communities totally. outside of it. So the iron totally. community is pretty tightly knit, yep. but it spans the country. Or the letterpress community is the same. Like everybody there kind of has those connections. So, so if you've never been to an iron pour, you, there's I mean you can go online to YouTube and watch video. Yeah. But that won't you have to be there yeah, in person. Uh, I like to describe it as I, the closest thing I've ever done was uh see I, I was telling you some of the other festivals. We, you know, we did an interview with some of the producers for uh, Coachella and Dulab, and we would go in and see them do it, but not nothing to the extent of what you guys are doing every year. That's pretty it, it's Yeah, and also it's not as, like, produced as something like that. It's yeah. very grassroots, like, there's a group of people who travel from out of state. There's groups of people who are, you know, in North Carolina, but they'll come to us. So there's, That's like, great. probably about how many people come to pour? I would say about 30 people end up on the crew because you have to have a really large crew. It's kind of the other... It's almost like the iron pour is the epitome of, of sort of these physical arts. It's impossible to do by yourself. You have to be part of a community. You have to be able to work together. So, yeah, but we have people come from as far away, like Arizona and like yep. New Mexico and all over the place to come to it. And that's, that's how the iron community works, the iron pour community. There's people in New York who travel to the West Coast every year. And it's just like this, you know, you, you put it on your calendar and you're there. Yeah. Because you know those people need you. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so it. Uh, it happens in Durham Central Park. Uh, right. November 5. November 5. Yep. yep. Outside. And um, we've been having scratch block workshops where the community, the people from the community can scratch their own design into a little sand block and have it poured at the event. So it's like another community focused event. And it's a fundraiser. We're a nonprofit. This is the biggest fundraiser that we have every year. 500, but we're hoping for more people will be there. Oh, yeah. There's going to be... Um, All doing some sort of iron pour. So the fi 500 people who are going to be there watching. It's okay. a very much a spectator event. Yeah, you're sure. watching all of these things that are happening. You've got the 30 people pour team. They are in the center of the park. You've got these sure, two giant furnaces. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So there's two furnaces that melt iron at 4,000 degrees. Sorry, 3,000 degrees. 400 pounds, 3,000 degrees. And then we have various events that are going on throughout the... Um, you know, four to nine yeah. time frame. We've yeah. got uh, this year under the pavilion or whatever. Yeah, right. Sure. So we've got food trucks. We've got uh, beer. We've got yeah. art vendors. It's going to be like a craft market evening, sort of night craft market. This year we have um, paper hand puppet intervention coming, which is new, and we're really excited about that. Cool. Um, look them up if you don't know them. Uh, and then Batala Drum Group. So they do a, a drum, a couple drum sets. So um, earlier in the evening when the furnace is heating up and the metal is melting, there's not a lot to watch. It's not a lot to do. Mm -hmm. um, just in terms of like the poor team, you know, there's nothing. None of, the action doesn't start till later on the night. Yeah. So we've got the drums, the, the, the paper yeah, sure. and puppet intervention parade. Um, and the, then the furnace is ready to tap. And then molten metal comes out. And all the exciting yeah, stuff happens. That's awesome. You have to come. Oh my god! Do we have fire dancers? Oh, we have fire dancers. That's right. We have fire, fire performance. So we have. If a I wasn't fire there, breather. now I'm there. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Fire, fire breathers, dancers. fire dancers <laughs> later in the evening too. Yeah. Um, and then toward the end of the evening, every year, artists they'll make their molds right, and they'll have their actual sculptures. But then they do these things called reaction molds, mm -hmm. and reaction molds are usually just pieces of wood with all sorts of stuff thrown in there, sawdust, whatever. The goal is actually kind of like an unspoken competition between artists to see who can shoot the highest sparks. So the evening is filled with that. They'll kind of happen. And it really is like watching fireworks from the ground. They just kind of, uh, I don't think there's any way. I'm, I'm primarily a paper artist and mm -hmm. I was still just like, what? <laughs> like, how do, I, <laughs> how do I do that? Um, and so I don't think there's any way to not be kind of uh, astounded by completely it. Completely blown away. Sure. Yeah, no, it sounds amazing. And this is an annual event. That's that, a, what a reaction mold Wow. Is. This looks amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm, there, there's some great photos on the website that, I, that I'm looking at as well. Um, so November 5, the Iron Pour is an example of one of the sort of the regular events uh, that's coming back. You've got the third Fridays yes. that we were involved with. Can you talk about any other events or totally. any other experiences? Yeah. Yeah. And these are all, and, and just let me correct me if I'm wrong, but obviously artists that are part of Liberty Arts show, essentially showcasing their, their work. Right. Yeah. To, to um, we'll have a we'll have a holiday sale. I believe the tentative date right now is December 9th. So okay. that will be an open house. People open will be studios. selling their uh their their wares, but also they'll be probably doing some demos. We have, uh, I think we'll be coming back with our uh, a feast from the furnace by the end of the year, yeah. and I the feast from the furnace are also really spectacular. We basically have a chef come in who actually cooks in the furnaces in the glass studio, so cooking at two thousand degrees, so you can get a really fast burger. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but usually <laughs> the, sure. the food is usually yeah. a little more. It's, food, it's nicer yeah. than that. Um, fast and food uh, arts yeah, the <laughs> um, and then while that's happening, um, usually Elijah, who is one of our main glass blowers, is actually doing a demo of what he's of of a piece that's exceptional and that's um yeah. yeah and usually auction off at the end of the night for 
a fundraiser for usually an outreach effort. So mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. So you've got all these great events coming back. Uh, really just can't wait to work with you guys next year. Thank you guys for coming in. Um, amazing story. You know, obviously we're going to announce, you know, some collaborations with you guys for next year. And I can't wait to do that as we roll out our 2023 programming. Um, stay tuned for that. But outside of these great fall events, is there anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners? And Take and a class. Come learn to weld. Enter yeah. the welding. So actually the classes, the classes are back up and running. Yes. You guys are, okay, yes. Yep. Come take a class. Because I'm going to be taking some classes. Come for a tour. <laughs> we also have um, community scholarships available to people who, like Emily said, might not otherwise be able to afford one of our classes. Yeah. So if you're interested in taking a class, but you might not be able to afford it, apply for a scholarship. Amazing. Um, so uh, libertyartsnc.org. Um, Stephanie, Emily, do you uh, have contact information or anyone can email you for any further questions? Just email info at libertyartsnc.org if you have any questions. Amazing. And follow us on social media too, please. Sounds great. Thank you guys yeah. so much. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks. it. Visit bullcitysummit.com to get tickets and info on upcoming events. This podcast was edited and produced by Earfluence. Thanks for listening to the Bull City Summit podcast. This podcast is a production of Earfluence. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of EarFluence.